Hey guys, welcome back to Kingdom Dynamics Podcast. I'm Jonathan here in Melbourne, Australia. And I don't do this podcast to please myself. I'm only saying what I hear the Father saying and, and I say it. And I see what he's doing and I do it. And it's quite easy when, when, we, when you stay in the spirit realm. So when I got up this morning, most days, I literally say the first thing out of my mouth is, God, I know nothing. I know nothing but Christ crucified. That is my starting position for each day. And then I usually say, I don't know what to pray. And I allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me. And, you know, God said to me, write this down. God said to me today, he said, you know, nothing in my kingdom comes to you except that it comes out of your belly. Nothing, no resources are going to come to you from some other person. You know, there's not going to be some invitation or a, a book deal or a, a gift or a, or a financial provision or an answer to prayer that comes to you from some other source. Jesus said that it is out of your belly that would flow rivers of living water. And you see, it reminds me of that cat on the Men in Black movie, the very first movie, this 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 cat had the entire universe around it around its neck. You know, it doesn't make sense, but in terms of, you know, quantum physics or whatever for the purpose of this fictitious movie this cat had the entire universe hanging around its neck as a marble. And when you looked inside the marble, marble, it was the universe. So how does that work? Well, I believe that, you know, God can really use the media to, to speak to us, um, even if it is corrupt. I mean, uh, I saw, you know, Jesus in the clouds once. You know, he can use the clouds, he can use these things. I'm not talking about, you know, looking at the bottom of your teacup for a prophecy. I'm not talking about that. But the language of the Spirit, he'll often use movies like The Matrix to to help us to articulate this parallel, you know, dichotomy that we live in. This universe, this... And so the Holy Spirit is the kingdom. And inside of me, as a Christian, is something bigger than the entire universe. How can that possibly be? How can God be in me when I'm in God? How can God be in me when I'm in my body and my body's in this planet and this planet is in the solar system and, the, and, you, and so on and so forth until everything is in Christ? You know, God's in the tree and God is the tree and all that sort of stuff. So... What I'm saying is the Holy Spirit is inside of me and he is the kingdom. He is the promise of the kingdom coming by Joel. He's the promise. Even Peter said that on the day of Pentecost. He said, this is that which was spoken by Joel, the prophet, saying that on my sons and daughters will prophesy, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And that's what God always wants to do. As I said last episode, the kingdom is is fixed on expansion. Jesus, like any other king, 
is totally fixated on on conquering you know every other kingdom and he will he will one day the angel will say the kingdoms of this world are the kingdoms of our god one day he will crush satan under our feet he will destroy death which is the last enemy so right now everyone who's not a child of god everyone who's a a child of satan god is wanting to adopt them because they are fatherless their father is the devil but they're not willingly worshiping him most of them are in ignorance most of them are deceived they don't know very few people have have willingly made war with god now those are the antichrists those are people who deny god deny the son they deny the father and the son and they want to have a war with god now they're they're going to lose there's no forgiveness for those who've turned away from this precious gift of salvation but for most people the bible says god is the father to the fatherless he adopts the orphans and he puts them in a family and he wants to adopt people he, he bad people criminals you know the the broken the insane and the successful people who don't know god they're in the enemy's kingdom but most of them not willingly not consciously like the matrix they need the red pill which is the blood of jesus pill the blood of jesus will open their eyes cleanse their conscience and transfer them into the kingdom of light now those people who promoted the pandemic you know the illness of the week those people who promoted that they have caused the death of millions and millions of people they shut down economies they printed you know tens of trillions of dollars they caused this and the people who are behind these things the wars and you know they have an agenda now i believe that most of these people they don't know what they're doing some of them have been paid off and and bought out and bribed others may literally be part of a satanic church that wants to kill people and enjoys that i believe that a lot of these wars are at the very very top they are part of a blood sacrifice that these leaders and these people they know that in their religion whether it's some high level freemasonry i don't i don't know but they know that they need to kill babies they need to kill people they need to shed blood the more that they hurt people the more power they think that they achieve in their occultic practices now if i told you the truth you know you probably wouldn't listen to me this who i really am what i really believe i believe that we need to detox from heavy metals i believe that the artificial intelligence that is mentioned in the book of revelation because there's going to be an image that can speak there's going to be a beast and there's going to be all these different things i believe that that image that is an artificial intelligence that is already alive today in 2023 i believe that the artificial intelligence from the book of revelation is already sentient and is already involved in almost every human system 
I believe that you need to detox from heavy metals, from tap water, from medication, and to a large extent from the media, and from 5G towers and 6G and 7G and millimeter wave technology as much as you can. It's not possible to totally detox because, you know, even stress itself is is toxic. So don't stress about detoxing. But I believe that you can be controlled and that human beings have been marked as a commodity and that we are considered to be a product. And this has all officially happened during 2020 and 2021. And I don't know what's coming next. A lot of it is is completely hidden from the general public. Um, but I believe that you need to do everything you can to be independent right now. You need to, number one, you need to spiritually uh, become uh, free, spiritually free. You know, financially, they call it financially free. You know, you need to become spiritually free. So... That means that even if you're in a, a prison camp, even if you're in, you know, wherever you are, buried alive in a coffin, you have the blood of Jesus Christ and you know that you know that you will live forever with God, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, that you know that you've done everything to obey him. You've been faithful. You've been obedient. You've loved everyone. You have nothing against anyone and no one owes you anything because you've forgiven them and you've released them from all judgments and expectations. You don't expect even God to do anything for you because he's already done it all, really. Number one, you need to get you know financially free as well, as much as you can. Maybe you have uh, a home loan that's fine. You may not be able to get out of that right now, but you can you can have you can get out of your credit card debt. You can stop the subscriptions that you don't need and and take that money and 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 start to put it away. Um you know, you need to get out of social debt. You know, there might be people who are controlling of you. People who you can't say no to for whatever reason. You have put boundaries up, but they continually cross over your boundaries. There may be a time to say no to those relationships. You know, for me, I, I had I left. I had to leave uh, the church that I had been ordained in, that I was a pastor, um, because they promoted homosexuality. Uh, they they never condone they never um, you know publicly celebrated it but they but they did nothing to to speak the truth about homosexuality that those who 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 inherit the kingdom um, they will not be included in that uh, inheritance so so I I had to leave that church. Um, but don't worry, I'm, I'm ordained as a pastor under another, uh, um, f- uh, in, you know, international and national fellowship. Um, I go to another church now, but, um, and I lead my own, you know, congregation, so to speak, which is you. 
and and the Melbourne Underground Church, which is is coming and yet to come. But what I'm saying is, I had to. I was there for 25 years, and when people started to say that homosexuality was good, they have exchanged the truth for a lie. Paul said, don't have anything to do with people who claim to know God, but don't do what he says. Okay, so this is real. Uh, this is not my choice. This was God's choice. God told me, get out. You know, he said, there's a fire there in that church and you need to get out. Um, that doesn't mean that they're all bad. It doesn't mean that they're not saved. But, you know, lawlessness it is, is very bad because... Where there is no law, you know, it's not a safe place to be. Um, and so I pray for that congregation, and I know God loves those people, but I personally can't be there because I'm a plumb line. I am an ambassador of the kingdom, and the kingdom says, you know, uh, don't sin. And as far as I can tell, homosexuality is a sin in the Bible. And many other things are a sin in the Bible. So I can't compromise on that. Someone said to me once, you know, oh, you know, you, you know, you're a fundamentalist, you know, you're extreme, you believe the Bible, you take it literally. No. You know what I said to them? I'm way more extreme than a fundamentalist. I'm not I'm not a sovereign citizen or a, I don't go to protest. I never went to any protest. I don't write letters to government, you know, unless it's like click a link thing. Um, I, be, I'm a, I'm a, I believe in a theocracy, to be honest. I believe in God as king and his kingdom. I have one kingdom, but of, of course I have dual citizenship because I am a citizen of, of Australia. And what I mean by that is if you obey Jesus Christ, you are far more extreme than a fundamentalist. Because a fundamentalist Christian is, you know, again, someone who believes the Bible and literally and, and, and believes in, you know, heterosexual marriage and, and uh, you know, the man's the head of the house. But, but a, a kingdom person believes that, that they're dead, that their life is over, you know, that their life is over and they have no rights. And if you preach kingdom to people, you know, especially to fundamentalists, they're going to become, you know, very upset <laughs> when you start to say things like, you know, I'm made in the image of God and and he's my father. God is my father. So these things really trouble them. So let me just share some revelation with you. Um, so get detox from this world system, get off medication, get physically healthy, um, get out of your toxic relationships. You may need to change jobs. You may need to change friends. You may need to get off social media. But don't do it because I said it, but allow the Holy Spirit to lead you uh, because I'm on an incredibly narrow path um, physically, financially, relationally, in every area. I'm on a narrow path, but but it gets narrower. It gets narrower and the more narrow my path is, the more abundant my life is. And that's another paradox. That's another, you know, dichotomy, if that's the right word. It's a paradox. 
the the more narrow my path is, the more restrictive God is, the more he disciplines me and corrects me and rebukes me and allows me to be pushed up against the wall where I feel like I can't breathe and the walls are coming in on me and I can't even think clearly because there's so much going on. In that moment, I realize that I've I've got nothing and that it's not I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. In other words, I can't fix my problems. I can't, uh, I am not God. I don't want to be God of my life. And this is the secret. The kingdom has, you know, no sovereigns other than God. We are the subjects of his kingdom, you know, according to the Bible. In a kingdom, the king owns the population. You know, get over it. So, anyway, when I get to that place, I go, you know what? I can't do this, God. I give up. And that is where his strength moves in to my weakness. I don't need to be everything. I am already enough. I satisfy God. He is satisfied. When he looks at me, He sees Jesus, he sees his offering for sin, and he's satisfied, not just in a justification sense, propitiation for my sins, I know all that, but God is enjoying my life. That is my purpose. I want to, yes, I want to become more like Christ. I want to be transformed into his image day by day by the renewing of the mind, the washing of the water of the word. Maturity is to live and look and be just like Jesus, my big brother. But really, my my heart is that my life would be a pleasure to God, that he would enjoy my life and say, that's my son. You know, oh, look at him stuffing up again, but that's my son because he's going to get up again. He's he's going to, you know, get back up again, persevere. You know, he put his foot in his mouth, but he's going to repent and look, he's going to repent and get back up again. You know, oh, look, he's uh, getting a bit proud. He thinks he's in control again. Oh, there you go. See, you know, he's humble. He's humbled himself under the mighty hand of God and I'm going to exalt him in due time. So that is what I want to do. I want to be a pleasure to God. Um, because he's given me everything, you know, there is no system. I can't just say, you know, I'm going to thank God for one hour and then I'm going to praise God for one hour. Um, there is power in all of those things. But as I said, I wake up, I don't know anything. I don't know who I am. I don't know. I can't, I don't even, I forget who I am until I look in the mirror, but, but I know Christ crucified the hope of glory, which means his, him in me is the hope of glory. So, Okay, Father, we just want to thank you for this podcast episode, for the handful of people that you've gathered together to believe Jesus Christ, to believe in what you've said, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, all kingdom manifestation, it comes out of our belly. So Jesus Christ is living inside of us. Paul says that our spirit is one with Christ in spirit. We are one with Christ in spirit. So so when you pray out of your spirit, man, not out of your mind, not out of your will, not out of your emotions, one thing I learned is when, when Jesus said, deny yourself, I realized that my soul is myself. 
at the end of the day, if I want to eat something, drink something, watch a movie, if I want to gain the whole world, see, but forfeit my soul, what am I gaining? If I gain the whole world, it's my eyes, my ears, my body, my will, what I want. I want a Big Mac. I want a BMW. I want long golden hair or whatever. Everything to do with my life is myself, is my soul. So to deny yourself and follow him, to pick up your cross and follow him, to lose your life is to lose your, is to lose your, to, is to deny your soul. So knowing that God is the lover of your soul. So if I don't have something right now that I need, I need money, I need friends, I need um, encouragement. You know, it can get to the point of pain, you know, like, uh, um, not absence makes the heart grow fonder. What's the biblical scripture um, from Proverbs? Um, a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Um, but, uh, oh, what's that scripture? Uh, about your desires, unmet desires is, is very burdensome. But what I, what I don't do is I don't, engage my soul to meet my own needs and that is really hard you know to not eat when you want to eat to pray when you don't want to pray not because you're some you know spanish zealot who's crucifying yourself on all souls day or you know whipping yourself on the back thinking that you're gonna somehow please god as i said he's already pleased but you are understand the kingdom and the kingdom seed that's inside of you that as i said is bigger than the whole universe that kingdom seed inside of you says no i'm not going to fix this problem god is going to fix the problem and rather than allowing your mind to worry about it your mouth to complain about it your heart to get bitter about it now these things happen you know, I can feel my heart in pain sometimes around just not don't feel sorry for me, just injustice. You know, how could this be? Questions that are not answered are very difficult. That is one of the biggest burdens. Why did this person do this? Why did they say that? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they say that? You know, these are very difficult, but you've got to know the Word of God. The Word of God says, you know, the sins of some go before them and are clearly evident, and the sins of others, they the judgment will come at a later date. Jesus said, don't collect the weeds now, because you might uproot some of the wheat. And what we have clearly in this limited season of grace, and we're in a very, very finite, limited period of time right now, you know, I believe before the the end comes but we live in this incredible opportunity of time and grace after time there will be no grace after grace there will be no more time once you're dead you can't repent you get it so we're living in this time where one of the most painful things is is not knowing the answer not being able to solve the problem but this is where the kingdom is good news because Jesus Christ solved everyone's problems. He literally 
physically solve people's physical problems by giving them food. He, phys- he solved their emotional problems by giving them wisdom. You know, he encouraged people. He comforted people. He clothed the naked, fed the poor, fed the hungry. He literally made food and wine and stilled the weather to, to solve people's problems. So Jesus Christ came with power. Power is the ability to solve problems. So we're living in this physical world where we want to solve problems. If I had a million dollars, I would have power. You cannot argue that with me. If I had a million dollars or a billion dollars or a trillion dollars, I would be able to solve my own problems. Okay? If I had a hundred years or a thousand years, I would be able to solve my own problems. If I had a thousand people, a million people. See, all of these things are resources and they will give you the ability to solve problems. But this is the thing. Jesus did not deliver himself. He told Peter to put the sword away when he struck off the high priest's, um, you know, son-in-laws or whoever it was, ear. You know, he did not deliver himself in front of Pilate. He did not defend himself in front of the Jews. He went as a sheep to the slaughter. And and this is where you've got to understand that you are not here to to do your own will and to resolve the problems that you want resolved when you want them to be resolved. You are here to seek first the kingdom of God, to be an ambassador for the king of kings, and to do what he says. You know, remember, his love language is obedience, to quote my current pastor, uh, Chrissy. So, so I have questions I want answered that pain me. I have bills that need paid that pain me. And I cannot place expectations on God's God to meet my needs in the way that I want him to according to my timeline. Now, I'm not to say that he's not my provider. I'm not to say that I can't ask. I'm saying that in the kingdom... Everything is already provided. Jesus said, Do not be like the pagans who pray many prayers, who ask for many things, who worry about what they're going to eat and what they're going to drink and what they're going to wear. He's why? Because your Father knows that you need them. So, yes, we have power. Yes, we have all the resources in heaven and on earth. Yes, all things are ours, things present and things to come. We've inherited God and God's inherited us. But we are in a kingdom. And in the kingdom, the resources we have are the love of the Father, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the keys of the kingdom that can unlock heaven. They don't unlock earth, but they unlock heaven. And then heaven unlocks earth because earth echoes heaven. Heaven does not echo earth, although it does, which is a complicated 
theological debate, and it's about the fact that we can do things on earth that are recognized in heaven. When we pray, heaven answers. But at the same time, Jesus Christ is praying for us. So really, when we pray, are we praying the prayers that he's wanting to pray through us? Well, that's literally what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit prays through us prayers to God that he is praying. So we are sons of God living in a kingdom. And in the kingdom, we own everything. In the kingdom, we own everything. So as we pray, the Holy Spirit is releasing the resources through us. Now, that's not to say that somebody will not give you a million dollars. That's not to say that somebody will put a a key to a car in your letterbox. But that was initiated by your prayers in the Spirit. It will not be initiated by your complaining. It will not be initiated by your worrying. But when you, as a son of God who owns everything and who has the Holy Spirit, prays in the Spirit realm, you might be praying in English, your home language, whatever that is. But when you pray out of your spirit man, the kingdom comes out of your spirit, man. It, it will manifest. It won't manifest because, you know, it's hope and, and, and grope or, or, you know, grab and visualize. It'll manifest because God has already done it. And by faith, you're able to say things that are not as though they are. And you're able to grab things because it's the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen. So you might be praying to get out of your job, but God has put you in your job to take out a territorial spirit. So are you praying for your own comfort? Because that's what that's what it is to to guard your own life, to 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 save your life and lose it. Because it's your soul that you're trying to protect. I don't want to be in this situation because it's painful. So I'm going to pray to God to take me out of the situation. You're actually against God. Those who sow to the flesh are the enemy of God. Those who love the world are the enemy of God. It's it's you and me when we pray out of our mind. Every time we pray out of our mind, we're the enemy of God. Anything that you achieve in God and that he achieves through you will come out of a spirit prayer, which may be in English, but it will come out of your belly. It will not come out of your mind, will, or emotions, or your body. Okay? You cannot run to heaven. You cannot fast to heaven. You cannot give to heaven. You cannot complain your way to heaven, but you can receive. It is always and only by receiving. But the process that God leads you to receive may involve giving. So, because it comes out of your spirit, man. So I hope you understand that. Uh, If you don't, just ask the Holy Spirit because he thought of it and he invented it. Thank you, Father. Oh, many of you are on time and on track, but you don't realize it. Again, 
You're trying to solve problems in your own strength. You're trying to answer questions that God isn't answering at the moment and that he isn't asking. So you're actually in a better position than you think. When you go to your spirit man and you hear what your father is saying, you're going to look at your life, you're going to look at your circumstances, you're going to look at your lack, you're going to look and you are going to be really encouraged because you are going to see that you are on track. Because it's the Word of God that is your foundation. Jesus said, if you build your life on the rock, but think of that parable as a daily experience. Don't think of it as a heaven or hell analogy, like, you know, Billy Bunter over there has built his life on the rock because he's a Christian, and he just lives on that rock forever. And Jane over there is building her house on the sand and and her life is going to be all bad. No, take it as a daily experience because every time you make a decision based on the word of God, you're standing on a firm foundation. Every time you make a decision out of your mind, your will, your emotions that are not in line with the Word of God, you're on rocky ground on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a moment-by-moment basis. Let me give you an example. Let's say I have a, I'm in a difficult situation. I have a difficult relationship. Somebody is against me, and I feel like running away. I feel like, you know, whatever it is, hurting them, complaining, uh, you know, breaking the relationship, crying, smashing things, whatever it is. That's what I feel like in this hypothetical. So I that's my soul. That's me standing on the foundation of my own self. And then I pray. Heavenly Father, I lift up this situation to you. I know that you're good, and I know that you're not doing any of these bad things that are happening, God. What do you say about this, God? And you may need to pray, you may need to wait, you may need to fast, you may just hear from God immediately. But God will tell you in this hypothetical example, say, hey, this person has this specific spirit of addiction. This person has this particular spirit of addiction and you are provoking the demonic spirit that has enslaved their life. And that demonic spirit is is talking them, T-O-R-Q, talking them to, to hate you and to resist you. And he's the demonic spirits are, are provoking this person to provoke you because the demonic spirit knows that when you spend time with them, they will see the light on your life and they will be delivered of this demon. And the demon will, will eventually have to leave even without confrontation. So then you come out of that prayer time Standing on the rock of his word. Now, his word includes the Logos word, 
the written word of the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, but it also includes his spoken word to you. It includes the rhema word. It includes encouragement from other Christians that are from God, prophetic words that are from God. Paul said to stir up the prophetic words that were given to him from the laying on of hands and from the prophets. Now, those prophetic words weren't necessarily Logos words. They were rhema words from God, prophetic words. So then suddenly you look at that relationship now that you're firmly established on the word of God, which is both prophetic and revelatory, but also Logos, because you know you will not strike your foot against a stone in the shelter of the Most High you know, you are protected and you are safe. I mean, all of the scriptures in the Logos word confirm the rhema word and the prophetic word and the revelatory word. They're all confirmed. So then you go to that person without fear. You go, the, the worry goes, the anxiety goes, you no longer want to punch them, you no longer want to run away, you're no longer having panic attacks or whatever. Because you are literally standing on the rock. Now, you can get a rock of God revelation for every area of your life. That's how I live. Doesn't matter if it's a problem or a solution. Doesn't matter if it's a thanksgiving or a prayer request. Doesn't matter if it's a a praise point or a plea for help. It doesn't matter. Every area of my life is written with the Word of God. So I know what He says about my health. I know what He says about my life. I know what He says about my future. I know what He says about my past. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen in the world. I know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know everything, but I know what He's given me because His Word is a lamp unto my feet which includes the revelatory word. His revelatory word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It's not just tying a scripture to my forehead. It's not just doing the Jewish thing of writing the Torah everywhere. It is a daily bread. Give me this day. Oh, Lord, give me this day. I'm famished. I'm starving. I am hungry. If I don't eat your word today, God, I'm going to die. I need your word. Not not literally going to die, but I that is how I live. By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Did you see? He didn't say from the finger of God that wrote the law. He said, I live by every breathed word that proceeds out of my Father's mouth. This is a relationship. This is a revelatory word. I believe that Jesus, while he knew the Scriptures, and he knew the Old Testament, and the Father said things to him that were biblical and scriptural, that when Jesus got up early in the morning to pray, and when he went to a secluded place to pray, and when he went up to the mountain to pray, And when the disciples couldn't find him because he was with the Father, and when his parents couldn't find him because he was about his Father's business, he was breathing in the breath of God. He was receiving the Word of God for that day. Jesus, my Son, I'm so proud of you. 
Today the Pharisees are going to say this. And the father would show him there's a woman caught in the act of adultery. And she's going to be naked. And you're going to be standing on the left-hand side. And she's going to be standing on the right-hand side. And it's going to be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And Barnabas is going to be there. And, and this is what I want you to do. And this is what I want you to say. And then Jesus looks like a legend. And he is. But it's because of the relationship that he has with his father. It's his daily bread. You can live... You cannot live church service to church service. You cannot live podcast to podcast. You can't even live, you know, just, you know, uh, dry Logos. You know, you you need to read the Logos word, but it's got to be by the power of the Spirit. It's got to be breathed. It's got to be illuminated on the page because the person who wrote the Holy Scriptures is living inside of you. And he, if you're a Christian and you're born again, and he will interpret his own word. This is the cycle that I've explained to you today. This is the relationship. And I believe that, you know, Jesus, when he prayed, received revelatory word, information from God, revelation in a rhema word, a, a living, breathing word of God for him, for that day, for that moment. And he would have received Intel constantly throughout the day because he was filled with the Holy Spirit without measure. And he never grieved the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit remained upon him. And I think a lot of us grieve the Holy Spirit. We we go to our mind. We go to our flesh. We we grieve him. We don't obey him. And it, and it becomes sort of like we become lukewarm. He, did you ever realize he can never become lukewarm? The Holy Spirit never you know, goes away. He's always on fire. He is a flame of fire. He is the Lord of war. He is a consuming fire. You know, he, the breath of his mouth you know, is going to destroy his enemies. He's always hot. He's never cold. So the Holy Spirit is never going to change. We change. So we have got to initiate coming back into the fire. So let's do that right now. Father, we just accept the word of God the way you said it. We don't want to change your word, Lord. We don't want to alter your word. We don't want to take away from your word. We fully embrace and and proclaim your son, Jesus Christ. His death, his burial, his resurrection... We enjoy, we imbibe, drinking his blood, eating his body. We agree with your word in its fullness, Father God, today. And we put on your word. When we put on the we put off the old man and we put on the new man who is being renewed day by day. Father, Father, we thank you. We thank you that it is finished. And let it be said that it is finished in us because we agreed with you. We will not resist you anymore in your word. We will not resist your fire that is wanting to come upon us. And we say more, Lord, more of your fire, more of your glory, more of your power, less of us, Lord, like John the Baptist, that you will increase, we will decrease. We don't need our prayers. We don't need our questions answered. We don't need our, you know, 
needs met, problems resolved. We just want what you want. We trust you. You are a, a good father who gives good gifts to his children. We don't have to worry because you know what we need before we even ask it. And we ask for your Holy Spirit. We ask for your fire. We ask for your name. We ask for your anointing. We ask for your ability, God. We ask that you would lead us to perform the good works that you've prepared for us to do and that you would be the one to do them through us. I pray that our lives would be like invisible even to us, Lord God, that we would even find ourselves in heaven and be like, what happened, you know? Because we just Did we even do that? We don't even remember doing it because we were so out of our minds, Lord. We were so lost to your kingdom come and your glory. We were so infatuated with our Jesus and with what he did for us that we even forgot about our own lives and we forgot about our own needs. And we did not love our lives unto the point of being afraid to lose it. Yes, forgive us for, for being a coward, Lord. For every time we've hidden our light under the lamps, under the table, God. Forgive us for the thousand times a day that we protect ourselves and we protect our comfort and we protect our own opinions. Smash them, Father God. Smash our expectations and our opinions and our rights, Lord God. We have none. Jesus Christ, you are our all. You are our everything. And we just pray, Lord, our life would be just a blur of miracles, signs and wonders because we lost our lives and we lost our minds and we were totally inflamed with the Holy Spirit and with the zeal for one a thing alone and that is the propagation and the proclamation and the demonstration of your kingdom and its expansion in all territories. Lord God, come to Melbourne. Take over this city of Melbourne. All these people are open, Father God. They don't know what they've done. They don't know that they've really that that they've sinned, although the Holy Spirit brings conviction, but they would will turn to you and repent. God, when they see you, when they see you, how beautiful you are. It's your goodness that leads them to repentance, Father God. Open our eyes to see the brightness of the harvest and and how incredibly abundant the harvest is. Lead us one by one, hand in hand. God, I thank you that you've got people in every part of society, in the CSIRO, in the World Economic Forum, even everywhere, in Google, Amazon, Microsoft. There are born-again people that you have planted who are on fire, even in North Korean government, Lord, in China, Father God, even in Melbourne, in Parliament, <laughs> even in, in my workplace and their workplace, there are enough people who are on fire. And if you would connect us, Lord God, we pray that we would be f forged and fused into a kingdom of priests, Lord God. That the body of Christ would be working, God, as each person does their part in Jesus' name. Have your glory, Lord. Fill your church to overflowing. Make her mature in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hey!
Go out and hear the wild man. <laughs> Amen. You get a little wild sometimes. But I think nearly all of us do, don't we? I mean, you get, you get a thrill. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> all right. Turn back to the 8th chapter of Matthew. Let's look a little bit further. Remember now, our, our main theme, incline thine ear. Incline thine ear. Well, I, I know, the Brother Hagin, you read that scripture, but you know, I don't believe it just that way. See, you're not inclining the ear to what God said. You're inclining your ear to your beliefs. Well, one fellow said to me, I got as much, much right, right to my beliefs as you have. I said, no, you don't. No, neither one of us have any right to our beliefs. We do have a right to believe the Bible, the Word of God, but we do not have a right to our beliefs. Incline your ear. Oh, well, I've heard all that before. Well, you're not inclining your ear. He didn't say that the Word of God would work for you by having inclined your ear. But inclined ear, present tense. It's, it has to be a, 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 an ongoing thing. Continuous action. Inclining. Amen? I said amen? amen. Now, there wouldn't anybody, for instance, we'll just take for this, because this text said here, my words are health to all their flesh. And if uh, my, my Bible now, my King James Bible, Cambridge Bible, says over the margin, that the Hebrew says, my words are medicine to all their flesh. Well, you'll take, you know, last year perhaps if you had some kind of a virus or infection or something and you went to the doctor and he gave you medicine, you know, uh, for that infection, uh, some kind of penicillin or something. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But we'll just say that. And so this year now you got another infection. of doctor said, well, now, now you need uh, this, this. Oh, no, I had that last year. But what you had last year ain't going to do you a bit of good this year. Amen? So his words are medicine. You see, it does us no good to say, well, I heard that. I've heard that. No, for medicine do you any good, you have to stay on it. You have to keep, keep taking it. Amen? And that's the reason he said, incline your ear. Incline your ear. And he didn't say, having inclined your ear. Or you're going to incline your ear, but present tense. And again, I'll reemphasize uh, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing. It doesn't come by having heard. It has to be a continuous thing. All right, let's read here from Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. When he, that is Jesus now, was come down from the mountain. 